not just the understanding of the structure of the Shemunah but also the the kavanas or the intention a person is meant to have has involved the Shemunah Firstly, why is it something which is important to learn? So I heard this from Rav Abba Nebracha, and that is, if you think about it, the first text we have which comes after Nebuah is the Shemunah We have Tanakh, which is Nebuah, the first item, well, the first thing, uh, nusach we have, the first text we're given, which came after the verse, is the Shemun It was written by the Ashkenazim themselves, by name Kamen Nevi'im, which means the Nevi'im contributed to the Shemun also. Now, why do we need Nevi'im to tell us the Shemun So, Nevi'im Shechayim explained something. And Shari Bez, he talks about Twitter, and he says that really, the, just like we know, there are different times of year, we say different things in the Shemunah Some parts of the year we say Mashaburach, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we say, we say Talamata, sometimes we don't. Now, and we can understand why we say Talamata, we only say when we need the rain. The rest is up with asking for it because we don't want it. But when it comes to Mashaburach, it's a praise of Hashem. We're not asking for anything. And just like we can praise Hashem, so we can praise Hashem. I think He sends rain. Why? So why do we only say it sometimes here? And the answer is, and we only, and really the Gemara asked this question in the beginning of Tainis, but the answer is, we only praise Hashem with the middah which is active then. And therefore, if right now Hashem is not using the middah of Mashiach Merachim and Hashem, so we don't use that term in praise of Hashem. This is an important point, we'll come back to it soon. But that, the first lesson we learn from that is that in order to daven correctly, we need to adapt our filler to what's the correct thing at the time which needs to be said. But the, the active middle, so to speak, of Hashem, which is working then, that's how we need to do it. And it doesn't just apply to things like Mashaburach, Hashem. Rather, as Nebuch Chaim explains, really, there are different times of the day, there are different middles which are active, which is why we have twitters three times a day. We have twitters in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night, because, quote Nebuch Hashem, in the beginning of Shara Ravi, and he talks about this, and he says, there's a shinri in Hashem's middas at different times of the day. And being as there's now a shinri, there's a change in the middle of Hashem, so now we need to daven in a different way. So for example, if in the morning, Hashem is using the middle of chesed, so there's a certain way to daven, so to speak, to approach Hashem when he's exercising chesed. And if in the night time, Hashem is using the middle of sadin, so there's a way to approach Hashem when he's using the middle of sadin. So we need different fillers because things changed. And that's why I said there's three minutes a day because we see three time periods in the day. There's the morning, then when the sun's rising, there's the afternoon when the sun's already past the midpoint of the sky in the setting, and then the night time when, when there's no sun. Symbols three different parts of the day, three different types of twin. So the obvious question is, well, it's true that we've done three times a day, but we've done the same thing. And if that's the same short answer. So if we need to apply so to speak, the Twitter to the middle which is active. So why are we saying the same thing Shakras Min Khimai when there are different middles which are which are predominant? That's the first point. so that's we call the middle Sagvur. In the Zagvur. The Ashinuim in the Ashkenaz that's not initially, but uh, that's that's uh, for not to that reason. I mean, the prep the prep for the Twitter. 
Yeah, but even tefillah itself, the, you don't have to practice tefillah, but the ikka points in tefillah itself. Now, not only that, uh, if you're going to look a bit deeper into Kabbalah, you'll see that it's not just that the midas of different times of the day are different, but the midas of different days of the week are different too. And if that's the case, just, just like on Shabbos, we have different tefillahs because there's a different midah active on Shabbos. So really, every day is a different midah. And if that's the case, the tefillah of Sunday shouldn't be the same as the tefillah of Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. So how does, one, how does the same, so to speak, text, which we say every time, the same Nusach HaTfila work for all of these uh, different options. So he says, that's why it needed Kamen Nevi'im to write the Shemesh. Because they had to find a Nusach which would work with, which would work with whatever Nusach it's going to be. And therefore not everybody needs to be the Mekubal who understands exactly what's the right way to address Hashem on Tuesday morning as opposed to Wednesday afternoon. The Shemesh we have already is something which can be understood based on whatever uh, middle that it is, it is active then. Of course, the more a person understands that, so the more they can uh, relate to the depth of Shemunesri. But even if a person doesn't understand that, as we know, by saying the words, so then it has the kayak of saying Tfilah. And that's why it needed uh, to make a standardized text of Shemunesri. And this Tfilah needed uh, to take into account not just what we're asking for, but also what's the, what's the text which is going to incorporate whatever middle it is that's active right then, and we, and we made that we, we're, we're davening as we meant to daven. And why is that important? Why do I have to daven? We're davening to Hashem at the end of the day. So why does it have to be in the context of how the middle which is prevalent then? Okay, so this is a good question. So to answer this, let's start with the Gemara and Yoma, which is really, the Gemara is talking about a Pasuk, but really this is introduction to Shemona Yisrael also. We know when Moshe Rabbeinu praises Hashem, he calls him Hakel HaGadol HaGim that's the terms that the Torah uses as the terms of praise for Hashem. It says the Gemara that Yirmiyo, uh, when you look in the Pasuk in Yirmiyo, when he davens to Hashem, and he calls him Akel HaGadol VaGibor, he didn't say no. Even though that was the standardized text that he had to mention, he left that. <coughs> we see when Daniel davens to Hashem, he called him Akel HaGadol and he left out HaGibor. And the question is why? So the Gemara asked the question, and the Gemara says that Yirmi has sold the Khurban. He said, Naira means that everything is afraid of Hashem. And here you have Nachim, Akarkrim, Bechonai. Here you have Goyim who, Pashat is crowing with victory in the Heichel. So there's no, there's no fear of Hashem here. So you left out the word of Naira. And Daniel saw the Jews in, chained in Bodice and Babel. He said, Where's Hashem's Gvur? Hashem is shown to show his power. And he's allowed the going to, so to speak, subjugate his children. So I don't see the Gemara, I'm not going to say Gemara either. And then the Gemara stops, and the Gemara says, how can you do that? But I didn't believe that Hashem is a Gibbar. I didn't believe Hashem is Naira. What, Chas Vashon, the Nevi'im, it's Fekas, and the Emona. So how can they say, well, we don't see Hashem is a Gibbar, we can't call him a Gibbar. And the answer is, that's what the Mephashim explained over there, no one's questioning the Emona. Of course they knew Hashem is a Gibbar. But what they said is, we don't see Hashem acting that way. And if that's the case, Right now, Hashem is allowing the Goyim to subjugate Klai Yisrael. So we don't Hashem, see Hashem acting Bukvura, so to speak, using His power to suppress His enemies. So if Hashem is not using His mirror, then we can't use it either. And that's what the Gemara says. That they didn't not believe. They didn't feel it was the appropriate way to daven. 
in the big scheme of things, what about how our body works, he's never. Meaning that, yeah, in the big picture, what was going on that day, he wasn't never, but in how our body works, how the tree's growing. So when they died for Klai Yisrael, so they didn't see Hashem using that Midav Kura, and therefore they didn't say it. But even though know, it's clearly being used in yes. many ways throughout the day, That's not good. in the big picture. We'll see other Midas being used. But the middle of Gibor, which they understood, the Neil, understood that Hashem's middle of so Gibor is, is strength in protecting the so he didn't see that it was what he was using right now. So in the end of the Yama, so the day after Samasara, we shouldn't so have said Let's finish the Gemara first. So, so, so that's the first point. So we see that the, the, the Naveen weren't blamed, they weren't punished for what they said on the contrary. They were right. They knew that that wasn't the middle that Hashem is using right now, so it wasn't the right way to address him. As a novi, they would be aware of that, and therefore, you they would know, they would adjust what they said accordingly. It says the Gemara then says that because they gave us a nusach of and we start Shmuel Esrei, Hakel God like Why did they say it? Are we still in Godness, and we we still see the Heichel destroyed with the Goyim who promoting themselves on the Harabais. So. The Gemara says that Ashkenaz Gedalia said it's the other way around. Even in the world today, we still see a manifestation of Gibor and we still see a manifestation of Nero. Why? Where do you see Hashem's, uh, the fact that Hashem is still powerful today? And that is, well, if we're under the control of the Goyim and they hate us, so why are they distressed? What stops them? What stops them wiping us out? In fact, they want to. So you see that even though Hashem isn't acting as a Gibor to prevent Kaisal going to Godus, but he still is acting to prevent Kalei from being destroyed. And that is, like Gemara says, Hain, Hain, because otherwise how could uh, Kalei Yisrael survive in Godless without being annihilated by the Goyim who wanted to annihilate us? Now what did they change? They didn't see, they also saw Kalei Yisrael in Godless. Not different to the Nevi. But the Chiddush was that they saw the Midah working a different way. In other words, until then maybe the way the Midah Sayonara had worked, is everyone was afraid, visibly afraid, of going to Mass and Mikdash, the Minister Gibor had worked with people that Hashem didn't let anybody affect or attack La Israel. And now we have to see that even in the world when that's no longer the case, we have to find a different uh, demonstration of Hashem's Gibor and a different demonstration of Hashem's Naira. But we can see that, that there's still that Midah here. Because Hashem is using the Midah differently. And this is just give us an example. Let's look at the Midah which we didn't talk about. Midah Chesed. That's always there. Always, no one ever took away the word Hagadol, which is Hashem's Chesed. Hashem is always and forever doing Chesed. The world wouldn't exist otherwise. But there are different ways Hashem does Chesed. Sometimes Hashem does Chesed by giving more. Sometimes Hashem gives Chesed by giving the minimum. It's always Chesed. The question is just how much. And therefore, what the Ashkenaz Gadol said is we can see Hagadol Baruch Hu's Midas. Just we have to look at the different ways Hashem exercises the same Midas. So maybe there's a Shin in how Hashem is choosing to act as a Gibor or choosing to act Benayra. But nevertheless, the Midas is still there. And now that's, why, why was that so important? Why was that so important? Because that was the basis for the Anshanistic letters, Shmona Esrei. And that is, we don't have to rebuild the Tefillah every day to see what Midas is prevalent now. Because really we have to understand that all the Midas are there. Just they manifest differently. And therefore we can say every day, I'll kill, I'll go, I'll give a Vanaira. Except the different ways Hashem is using each of those Midas. And Hashem can be a Gibor by punishing the Goyim. And Hashem can be a gibor, like the Gemara says, that even though he's reicher pasuk which means he hears what's uh, the blasphemy of the guy, how they disrespect him, and nevertheless he's willing to restrain himself and not punish them. 
That's also a, a, an, an example of Hashem's Gur. Just like it's like a human example. You'd say if a person is strong than someone else and can overcome him, he's strong. You say if a person was like insulted, he can just restrain himself and not respond, he's also strong. It's the same idea. It's just being used differently. And therefore the Nakuda of Shmanesra is, of course, what we need to do, what we need to uh, daven is based on the middles that Hashem is using then. Again, I'll explain why in a moment. But the Chiddush of Hashem is is that that we'll always find the middles that Hashem is using but just to be different ways to express them. And we made it, you can always daven with the same Nusach because it will be changed in the context exactly how that middle is being used. But the mass it's always there. Now, why is it like it? Why do we have to daven to Hashem based on the middle he's using? <coughs> so this is a, maybe also a deeper point in understanding the Bria. Hashem built the world. Let's, let's phrase it like this. But it's a, it's a point in, in one that we, we've already spoken about before in the Mona Valley. Let's discuss it now as an introduction to Tefillah also. And that is, we know that Kaddish Baruch is always the point who decides what a person is going to get, how much a person is going to get. We always, know Hashem is always the one who decides who's going to live and who's going to die. And if that's the case, someone could ask the question, if anyway Hashem is the one who's deciding who's going to live and who's going to die, so what's the difference if I'm in a safe place or I'm in a war zone? What's the difference if I'm in a place which is everyone's healthy or in the middle of an epidemic? Hashem decides. Which is true, Hashem does decide. And there have been people who've died suddenly in, healthy, in, in safe places, and there have been people who've survived the battle. So it's not like a random anyone in a safe place that lives and anyone in the, on the front line dies. The people who survive battles are people who die in healthy places too. Hashem decides. So what's the difference where I am? So what's the answer? Same thing. The Gemara says, uh, one of the things from the size, which countries will have plenty and which countries will have poverty? Where there'll be food and where there'll be hunger. And then there's a thing, what's the difference to me? Hashem decides how much food I get. So I might have come in if I'm in a rich country or I'm in a place which is uh, water and like, everyone's starving. And the answer is, the answer is, of course Hashem decides. Of course Hashem decides. But the question is, on what basis does Hashem decide? No one's on, nothing's going to happen without Hashem deciding it, but it makes a big difference what the factors are based on which Hashem is going to make a decision. Which means, let's say, in a place or at a time when the prevalent media is chesed. And therefore the outlook is chesed. And so therefore Hashem is looking to do chesed. And uh, will there be those people that even so deserve to be punished? There will be. But uh, the starting point, so to speak, is the chesed. Hashem is giving and everyone has and everybody's healthy and everybody is successful. You know, as we see a prevalence of chesed in the world. Now that doesn't mean there's not going to be anybody who's struggling financially. It doesn't mean no one's going to die. But that's the exception. Because that goes against the basic rule which there is at the time. Whereas at those times we see Hashem is acting with the middle of punishments. And therefore people are suffering. So then again, does that mean everyone's going to suffer? No. But then you're swimming against the stream. There's the... This, this, the, the Basic middle which is being used is the middle of middle of let's say mishpat being punishment. There will be people who will get who will survive it, but that's more difficult because it's against the middle which is being used. Hashem is dealing with me as an individual. I'm saying this is good for like the logic should wait, but actually in actuality, Hashem, Hashem judges knows that I don't deserve to die, so why am I dying? No, so let's explain a bit better. I'll say the same word again, and that is first Hashem decides on the general middle. 
the meter for the world or the meter for the place, whatever it's going to be. Now, on that backdrop, Hashem looks at each individual. So, for example, in a place where Hashem decided this is a safe place and it's not going to be a war zone, so then the, the, the starting point is this is the place of Shalom. This is the place of Hatzlach, whatever it's going to be. Now Hashem judges each individual. And the question on each individual is, do they, should I use that for them also? Or for some reason, do I have to change, the, start, the so to speak, the, back, the basic starting point and punish this person? And then the question is going to be, does this person deserve to get punished? Because really, it's not a time of punishment. Are there a shame or whatever reason Hashem has to punish you does? So then the question is on each person is going to be, do you deserve to be punished? Do you not deserve to be punished? But in a place of punishment, in a place of war, in a place of poverty, whatever it's going to be, so the prevalent middle is punishment. And now on that backdrop, Hashem judges each individual. And the question each individual is, does this person deserve to be saved? Does this person deserve to be spared? So of course Hashem is judging each individual, but it's from starting from a different point. There's a big difference between saying that a person deserves to be punished and saying that a person deserves to be saved. Because there could be a big category in the middle. That if a person, it's, he's not bad enough that he deserves to be punished, but on the other hand, it's not a big enough tzaddik. Why does he do it like that? Why would he start off? No, yeah. That's not how God calls it, understand. Why would Hashem make the zero on, on Yushalayim as opposed to making it on boom, boom, boom? So there's a zero on each place, like we said. Why? Based on what the people who placed it, based on what the place deserves. So why, why, why is it not individuals? Why is Hashem judged like that? Why is there a zero on a place? That's the first thing about it. Not just in the place, on the world. As the first Hashem judges the world. And there's a world, Rabbi Chaya and Rabbi Zakeh. Then Hashem judges each place. And after Hashem judges each individual. But it goes backwards, which means if the zero in the world is a certain way, like it says in the Masi Expansion, that's the right. The world deserves to be punished in the time of the Mabul. Noyach had to deserve to be saved. Otherwise, he would have been punished too. In other words, Hashem starts with the zero, clearly what we call and then after that, he judges each individual against that. Even without that, if someone's not meant to die this year and he walks into a battlefield, he can't just say, oh, I'm not meant to die this year, I'll be okay. You can be a poche, I'm not going to protect you. No, so what happens is in a case like that is a person gets rejudged. And so the first in the Gemara, the Gemara says, if a person goes into Bakhmus Sakana, then Hashem reopens the books. Yeah. Which means now he gets rejudged based on the situation. So it could be that he was in the same place, so Hashem didn't need to punish him. Now he walked into a dangerous place, so now the way Hashem looks at it is, okay, so now we have to rejudge you. Do you deserve to be saved? Now it could be he would, could be he wouldn't. That's what Gemara says, that the danger of Makam Sakana is that a kid reopens the judgment. Okay, so now why is it important? So therefore we have this middle which is out, which is where Hashem's acting. Now this could be on a broad scale, like we said, or it could be even different times of the day, when different middles are more prevalent. Hashem has different ways of running the world, and uh, based on that, based on that, so then we have to know how to double. In other words, if a person's in a place which, let's say, everybody is doing well, it's a place which is successful. The place where, like we said, Hashem decided, the place of uh, plenty, and everyone has a lot. So the Nusach Atvila is going to be, please don't, don't punish me. Don't punish me, because we're working against the backdrop of everybody should have. Now, will there be people that maybe deserve punishment? Could be. So my, my tefillah is done punishment. If I'm talking about a place where everybody's starving, so now the tefillah is going to be, Hashem uh, save me. It's a different tefillah. Same, same thing in a dangerous place. You don't have to dive in for Hashem to save you in a place which is safe. If you dive in for Hashem not to punish you. Whereas if in a place which is dangerous, then the tefillah becomes a tefillah to save me. So the middle which there is, is going to adjust the tefillah. In other words, based on the way Hashem's, Hashem's acting, is going to daven, really change, we have to daven for. <coughs> and the same thing applies, like we said, not just with Hashem's acting in the world, but different times of the day. 
if the times of the day where there's more of a midas chesed, so that's more of a time to daven for Hashem to give us more. If the times of the day which there's more of a midas adin, so then there's a time to daven for Hashem to take away from us. Because that, that's the, the, the starting point against which we daven. Okay. So that explains to us why we can understand what the midah is, we can adjust the tefillah accordingly. Now, does that mean that, again, I'm going to bring this because the point is anymore now. Nothing is ever done without Hashem's decision. Of course. That's partial. But uh, the, the question is, on what basis is Hashem deciding? Because if Hashem is lo- looking to punish, so to speak, if that's what is deserved, so then who doesn't deserve to be punished? Like we said in Shoshana, if Hashem is going to go with the Oymek Adin, He's going to look at like, what the people deserve. There are very, very few tzaddikim who can say that they, 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 they have no, no reason why Hashem would ever punish them. Tzaddik government, okay, but they're very few like that. But if Hashem is looking not to punish, it's not a time of punishment. If that's the case, then it's a different matter. Most people don't deserve for Hashem to go out of His way to punish them. I'm just going to give an example. So, the, so of, of course, Hashem is acting, Hashem is deciding. But Hashem is deciding based on, so to speak, the method He's using in how He judges us. So therefore, I'll open this comment where we began. Really, Shmuel should be an understanding of what Hashem is doing. Because the more we understand Hashem's Midas, then the more we understand how to phrase Tefillah. How to phrase Tefillah. And just think of a simple point. Let's make it into a human example, which you can understand very well. If a person's been taken to trial, why? Because you did something wrong and we decided should we put you in jail or not. Great. So you get to meet the king. He's, he's, he's listening to the two sides. And uh, when you have the chance to speak, you say, now, I've always looked forward to the opportunity to meet the king, so I'm going to ask you, please, for a gift of a million dollars. That's not the right time to ask. Right now, the question is, then, do you deserve to be punished or not? So what you meant to say is explain why you don't deserve to be punished. Whereas, if, let's say, you, you come on a different day, and now there's no Kabbalah's call, the king is willing to hear everybody's complaints and what requests, and he's in a more benevolent frame of mind, and so I'm willing to give him what they want, now's the time to come and ask what I want. In other words, we have to adjust, really, what we're asking for based on the middle which Hashem is using. And that's really what Tefillah would have been before Hashem Sagadal. And that is, we have to understand the middle and understand exactly what's, the, what, what's expected from us now, and that's what we're going to word, what we're going to say. Whereas, what the Chiddush of Shemona Esrei, and that's what the Tevashachayim says in detail, and that is that the Nabi'im at the time could make a Nusach, it doesn't make a difference what. They knew all the options. Whatever the middle is going to be, this Nisrach is going to work. This Nisrach is going to work because it's something which encompasses all options. And now we have to explain it in Shemunastri. What are the different Matzavim? What are the different uh, situations that a person needs to daven from? And how the same words of Tfilah can be understood in each one. Now, if a person doesn't understand anything, they just say the words of Shemunastri three times a day within the latter time, time zone. Meshach is Melchamara. They yet They yet but of course, if a person understands better exactly what the Shemunesra is relating to, and then understand better exactly how to, how to use Shemunesra in different circumstances, so then of course, then, then the Tfilah becomes a Tfilah which is much more powerful. It's much more related to the situation. And it's the same Shemunesra we say in times of Torah, and the same Shemunesra we say in times when we're thanking Hashem, and the same Shemunesra we say in times when everything is going well, and the same Shemunesra we say in times of difficulty. So you just have to know how to use Shmonesrei because it's the same Nusach which is going to work for each situation. I want to finish the introduction with one last point. Uh, the Briskarov in the Torah. Ta- and it says a very, it's become a very well-known part. Yaakov Avinu tells Yosef that I, I'm giving you an extra gift more than your brothers, the city of Shechem, which I took from the Amari Becharbi of Akashti. 
Now, Yaakov never fought with the sword and the spear to win Shechem. His sons destroyed Shechem. So what do you say? I took it. So the Targum explains there, with Slosivosi, it was Matfidah. Because it was no guarantee that the sons of Yaakov would be successful when they went to fight Shechem. Yaakov's Tfidah was what protected them. Yaakov saw the Emma spread out. So this was my Tfidah that saved, that saved Shechem. I've saved my sons from Shechem. And therefore this is mine. It was my Tfidah. But he uses two words for Tfidah. He uses the word Slosi or Vosi. My prayer and my supplication. And that the Targum translates as my sword and my spear. Why do you need both? So the Briscoe of explains in the spiritual attack. He says there's a difference between a sword and a spear. What's the difference? A sword is something dangerous. You just touch the sword, you'll cut your head. It's very sharp. It just, uh, it's something which on its own can cause damage. <coughs> a spear is not so dangerous. What makes a spear dangerous is when it gets thrown. Because then the force that's going can cause it to, can cause it to harm. Says the Briskarov, that's the difference between a tefillah and a bakasha. He says a tefillah is something which is powerful, it's like the sword. And therefore, whoever's wielding a sword is an opponent. The sword is a dangerous thing. Whereas a spear, you know, if someone just like, drops and throws a spear, very long, it doesn't do anything. It's when the person is forced, and the harder he throws it, the more impact it's going to have. So he said a bakasha depends on the force of the person who's asking. How powerful a bakasha request is of Hashem depends on the person who's making the request. The more of a tzaddik he is, the more powerful his request is going to be. Whereas a tefillah is something which has its own kayak, it's a sword. And that's the difference. Of course, people can daven whenever they need to daven and ask Hashem for whatever they need to ask, but that's a bakasha. That's a request. How powerful it is and how much it's going to change in the Shemaim depends on the person who's asking. Whereas a tefillah is a sword. It was something which has a kayak on its own. Now we have to explain what that is. What's a kayak which is built into the tefillah that regardless of who's asking, tefillah has a kayak. But that's the similarity to the sword. And once again, what's that extra kayak? It's the words themselves. As opposed to Bakasha, I'm formulating the words in my, on my own. So of course, Hashem listens, but how strong it is is the person who's asking. And the kavan of the person that's asking has. When it comes to a tefillah, so the nusach I have is already a powerful nusach. And that's what, the nus- that's what I need, the nusach to give us that nusach. The nusach itself is a powerful nusach. And then we're going to finish with this point. Very often, a person hears about something, they feel they need to daven, they hear whatever the case may be of something which needs the Shemaim. So of course it's a mockum to daven and say to hit him and, and ask Hashem for other things. But if it's a time for tefillah, go daven. It's more powerful. It's more powerful. Of course, if it's after size for our daven, sometimes we don't need to daven. So we can't add Shemaim so you have to use other bakashas. But if it's at a time for tefillah, Use the time to damage from Israel. On its own, has a kayak. And then, therefore, it's, it's more effective than just a bakasha. Yeah.